This is the Investing for Teens podcast. I'm your host, Ian Jackson. This is the third episode in our first series, and we've covered a lot of things, from reasons why teens should start investments to individual ETFs that one should buy. And really, we've talked a ton about the future. But to be successful investors in the future, I think it's important to take a look at the past. Gee, I don't know, but I, I remember that the first stock I bought was, uh, we had a friend of ours, and he had got a job with Merrill Lynch selling stock. So he used to call me up all the time, so I started buying stock. The voice you just heard was my great-grandmother, Julie Ferrari. On this day, I was visiting her for her 101st birthday, but also to learn a little bit more about the stock market's history throughout her lifespan. As she put it, she first got into investing from a friend of hers, constantly pestering her about buying stocks, and that's how she first started investing her money. For over half a century now, she's seen the ups and downs, hits and misses, and biggest crashes of the market. And as a young child, she witnessed firsthand one of the biggest crashes, if not the biggest crash in world history. Well, I could think when I was a little girl, I think when, I, well, I'm so old, you know, that maybe I was maybe five or six years old and, and there was a, that crash. So when a lot of people lost a lot of money and I think it was 1929. The crash of the market in 1929 is known by many as the Great Crash and its massive losses would eventually lead to the most catastrophic and detrimental economic times in history. Known by all as the Great Depression, the stock market crash of 1929 had a large amount of reasons for occurring. At the time of the crash, stock market had just hit an all-time high, and investors within the working class had come venturing into the market. Unfortunately, a lot of them were buying stocks off margin, which essentially means they were borrowing money from banks to buy stocks, hoping that they would continue their upward trends, or then they could sell their stocks, repaying their debts to the banks, and still earning a profit. Additionally, many investors were overconfident when it came to the market, and many stocks were wildly overpriced. But sudden interest rate increases from 5% to 6%, many argue quickly changed investors' perspective on the market and belief in economic growth. I must also mention that there were massive agricultural problems occurring throughout the country where farmers were struggling to turn profits and this agricultural slump was just another cause for the great crash. Many experts today and throughout the past believe that there wasn't one major factor in the crash and that many reasons above all played major roles in the crash. I wanted to ask my great-grandmother if she remembered how people reacted after the crash, and this is what she had to say. Went crazy. They lost all their money in the stock market. So people were afraid to get into it. But then after, I think, I think, after World War II, I think, people more, got more mm-hmm. positive yeah. thoughts, and they had good jobs and good-paying jobs, and they started investing. In It's no surprise that people reacted strongly to the market crash of 1929. Many lost all the money that they had. Although, it's fair to say in the long run, the massive amounts of panic ensuing directly after the crash most likely hurt the economy and the stock market just as much as the initial crash. Millions of shares of stock were sold by investors, no matter the losses. 
On Black Tuesday specifically, the 29th of September, 16.4 million shares were traded in all-out panic. And while that number may seem low in comparison to today's standards, it was a massive amount at the time. And it took time, tons of time, for the stock market to recover to the Dow Jones Index's high in 1929, 25 years to be exact, when it finally got back to its peak. And if you're wondering what the Dow Jones Index is, it's an index that price weighted and tracks the 30 largest publicly owned companies trading on the New York Stock Exchange. Now, we've seen plenty of other crashes since 1929. The 1987 stock market crash that led to another Black Day, Black Monday, caused by computer program driven trading models that followed a portfolio insurance strategy as well as investor panic. There was a dot-com crash of 1999, the 2008 housing market crash, which was mentioned in the previous episode, and most recently, the 2020 stock market crashed, caused infamously by the spread of COVID-19. Although I can't help but say, as much as the stock market crash in 2020 was a massive deal, it may be overshadowed by where the stock market is less than two years since the crash. Today, Markets are generally at an all-time high, and all seems good within the investment world. But I'm not so sure about that. Things look all too similar to 1929, and rather, things just look overvalued. Though, I think this is a topic for another podcast, and I'd assume that there wouldn't be another catastrophe like 1929 anytime soon. But as I listed previously, there can be. And for teens that are looking to invest and fear they'll eventually take big losses somewhere down the road, well, you most likely will. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you stay with a good company, I think that's the best thing with, with growth potential. As my great-grandma put it perfectly, you never know when things will go poorly. But there are a few ways you can be repaired and hopefully best counteract poor market stints and crashes. One, like she mentioned, is doing your homework and getting yourself into a stock or ETF that is well-managed and have a strong growth potential. The other two, in my opinion, we've already talked a fair bit about. One, being diversified is massive. Even the biggest crashes tend to have winners and losers within them. For example, the most recent COVID-19 crash saw oil and travel stocks do extremely poorly while technology companies outperform the market and everyone's expectations by miles, showing the importance of a well-diversified portfolio. The other is time. Yes, it's been talked about a lot on this podcast, but to beat bad markets, you generally need time. And the advantage for teenagers is that you've got a lot of time. So if you invest today and lose your money tomorrow, well, you still got a great chance of making up all your money and then some. No market has ever been bare for a lifetime, believe it or not. I'd give the example of if you put $8,000 into the S&P 500 in 1980 and let it sit for 41 years through three major market crashes. Adjusted for inflation, it would give you today $278,000, which is more than a 3,000% increase. To which, I'd say highlights the best and, well, easiest way for teens to prepare for stock market crashes of the future. Invest early, smartly, and patiently. And while your worries may never leave your mind, just know that as a teenager, the past gives you an advantage over others. 
the advantage of having time on your side.